Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey, and uh, welcome to the program. I'm sorry, I sound subdued. Well, nothing to be sorry about. Uh, I sound subdued because I was just uh, reading something that was very subduing um, in a, you know, sobering kind of of way. Um, it's something from The Atlantic by Tom Nichols, and it's called Worse Than Treason. And uh, he's talking about the Republicans, of course, and he's talking specifically about all of the Republicans who are uh, about to do something uh, truly seditious on on Wednesday um, to suggest that the election that we just had was not free and fair, but was rife with uh, with fraud and and corruption, um, and. You know, I guess I recall saying for months and months and months and months before the election that what scared me more um, was what Trump would do if he lost, but still, as our Constitution mandates, still held power for close to three months. And... Uh, and what he could conceivably do. Well, we are are seeing uh, that now. What I guess I didn't, and I, I, I could kick myself for still maintaining some some measure of naivete, apparently, or or belief that. The others, the non-Trump Republicans, uh, once they knew he was on his way out, would not be so obsequious uh, to him. But boy, was I wrong. I mean, this guy has truly taken over an entire political party. It is his now. It is the Trump party. And to see these men and women who all took oaths of office to uphold the Constitution of the United States, shredding it, This piece I was reading says, you know, uh, you, there's no way of looking at this other than to see that the majority of the Republican Party are advocating for the overthrow of an American election and the continued rule 
of a sociopathic autocrat. That is what is going on here. That is speaking, uh, using the language to say what in fact is happening here. They are advocating the overthrow of an American election, the bedrock of our democracy, to give the man who lost that election four more years to cement his sociopathic autocracy. We're talking about two-thirds of the Republican membership of the House of Representatives. Two-thirds of them have now signed on 140 members of the House that will contest <clears throat> the Electoral College vote. And it's quite clear that Mitch McConnell has lost control of his Republican caucus in the Senate. He's lost control. Whoever would have thought that? And as many as 12 Republican senators will join this sedition caucus. It's incredible. This guy says, Nichols is his name. Shredding the Constitution purely for personal gain is perhaps the worst of the sins of this caucus. It would almost be a relief to know that these Republicans really believe what they are trying to sell. That they are, in fact, genuine fanatics who believe the election was fraudulent. But that is not the case. We're dealing with people here who are worse than a true believer because they don't, they know it's not true. They are craven opportunists. My God. I think when the show began, I was reading a quote from or a paraphrase of, of something James Madison had written. He, he warned at the uh, advent of this nation that without a virtuous people, no system of checks and balances will work. And we got a problem here because now we have this iteration of the Republican Party 
that has gone from a party that you'll recall used to make itself the the avatar of virtue to being, and I quote Mr. Nichols here, the most squalid and grubby expression of institutionalized self-interest in the modern history of this republic. And finally, Mr. Nichols says, the sedition caucus is worse, worse than a treasonous conspiracy. Because at least real traitors believe in something. I'm... I have become almost um, paralyzed by what I've been witnessing, what we've all been witnessing. I, I really have. I'm, I, I admit, I'm, I'm dumbstruck. At the fact that quite clearly, Uh, a large part of our elected government is willing to subvert the Constitution to either maintain power or to save their own behinds. The craven the absolute lack of principle and honor is is hard for me to um it really is i have to say i feel like a i f- feel like a child um who's just learned you know that not everything is as sweet as you thought it had been that all people aren't necessarily nice. I am just blown away by how many of them there are. Blown away. I mean, I, I, I'm having such trouble sort of Parsing all of this, the fact that, I mean, Dick Cheney, for God's sake, who I always thought of as, you know, in the, as Voldemort, Mort, whatever that guy's name was, his name who shouldn't be, whatever, I never got into Harry Potter. I got to tell you, he is speaking out against this. Speaking of its danger, incredible. I don't know. I really don't know if we survive this. I don't know. This is the kind of 
of damage, of structural and spiritual damage that Joe Biden being sworn in um, in a few weeks is not going to cure. Uh, And then now, of course, the latest (laughs) to have this tape of uh, the president of the United States actively trying to pressure a state secretary of state, a Republican in Georgia. Boy, that guy, I got to tell you, Brad Raffensperger, that's an honorable man. I don't agree with his politics one whit, I'm sure, but that's an honorable man. And now we have a tape of Trump doing what he's probably done God knows how many times. God knows. You think this is the only call he's made like this? I'm sure Raffensperger and his attorney, knowing that essentially a crime was being was going to be committed on this phone call, decided they would tape it, have their evidence. And by the way, they did nothing wrong or illegal in doing that. Georgia, like many states, has a statute that allows for the taping of a conversation if only one of the parties to the conversation is aware. I mean, what do you make of a president? Two days, well, not two days, this was four days, before the vote will be certified that says he's gone would say, and I'm quoting, you know what they did and you're not reporting it. That's a criminal, that's a criminal offense. And you can't let that happen. That's a big risk to you and to Ryan, your lawyer. Threat there. And that's a big risk. So look, all I want to do is this. I just want to find. 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have. Wow. I've said this before, but I got to tell you, the smoking gun, Watergate, tape, is like nothing compared to this, nothing. This is a slam dunk impeachment right here. If we had a functional government, if we did not have a government where a party of seditionists controlled the Senate, Which brings us, of course, to tomorrow's vote. I think it's probably too much to hope for that both Democrats can win that election. But 
Who knows? And I'll tell you what, the odds are it's going to be tight, right? So let's imagine the two Democrats do win the election. <laughs> what, uh, do you think that this newly reconstituted seditionist party is going to accept the results? And then, of course, on Wednesday, we'll have the seditionists do their do their little song and dance. And we'll have the thugs, the Proud Boys and others, called on by Trump to come to D.C. to show their support, to intimidate You have the mayor of Washington, D.C. warning the residents of her city, do not engage these people. They're looking for trouble. The president is looking for trouble. Many of his minions, Louis Gohmert just the other day, saying there's going to be violence. They threaten us all the time. I'm really blown away. I am. And I, I, I sort of, um, I just don't know what to say anymore. I want to, if you don't mind, read you something. Um, we have, since Trump, uh, talked before about the flirtation with fascism. Um, here. I mean, anyone who knows anything about fascism or knows that all the history uh, from the Weimar Republic into uh, the fascistic uh, Hitler era, uh, who knows how that played out, um, you see parallels. I mean, there's parallels that keep popping up, which is why so many of us <laughs> who know our history and who know that if we don't pay attention, history will repeat itself, as the adage says. I think the, the clearest thing that's been written uh, of late, that's not, you know, 20 pages long, is um, a, a thread of, of tweets by uh, Steve Schmidt. Steve Schmidt, the man who was the um, campaign manager for the presidential race of John McCain, who has now, because of Trump and his repulsive enablers, left the Republican Party and considers it a clear and present danger to the country. I want to read some of what he said because he's got it down. And he breaks it down real easily into seven parts. 
Uh, I remember a few years ago something circulating about what the the earmarks of uh, fascism are. You know, one this, two that, three, and it was frightening because it was you could check them off, uh, see them happening here, and this is somewhat like that. Here is Steve Schmidt explaining where we are right now. Trumpism is an American autocratic movement with fascistic markers. There are seven specific parts that compromise its that compromise that comprise its core. <clears throat> One, the leader. Donald Trump is the unquestioned leader of this movement. It is a cult of personality, and there are no serious challengers against this leadership. Number two, thugs. The Proud Boys are just one example in a toxic stew of heavily armed militias, white nationalists, and other right-wing extremists. As is always the case, their ranks are filled with people on the fringes of society, the lonely, the dispossessed, the aggrieved, the resentful. Not so long ago, there would have been a near- Consensus about describing these people as losers. These people bring the menace of violence to politics and are kin to the same thuggish rabble that were wearing brown and black shirts less than a hundred years ago. Number three. Elites, elites, all autocratic movements fuse an unholy alliance between society's elites and society's losers. It is a coalition of convenience between two groups who despise each other and yet need each other. The boundless cynicism of the elites and the endless, endless grievances of the losers become an unbreakable cement. Senators Josh Howley of Missouri and Ted Cruz of Texas are, <laughs> excuse my wheezing, are perfect examples. You can't get more elite than these guys. Howley graduated from Stanford and Yale Law School. He taught at Oxford and clerked for the Chief Justice of the United States. Senator Cruz graduated from Princeton and Harvard Law School. So they know better. And they have become completely faithless to their oaths and American democracy in the name of ambition.
They have no convictions, only self-interest. And the fourth, propaganda. Autocratic movements are built on and sustained by lies. Political lying and conspiracy theories have become a billion-dollar business. Fox News, Newsmax, OANN, social media, talk radio, Infowars, on and on and on, all have poisoned the American population and created the conditions for Trump to create an alternate reality that is now a lethal threat to American liberty. Financiers. This autocratic movement is financed by donations from some of America's largest and best-known companies and brand, uh, companies and brands in the form of millions of dollars of donations to the entities that fund the political careers of the men and women who will soon be rising on the floor of the United States Congress to betray American democracy. AT&T, Charles Schwab, these are two such companies. The list includes some of America's wealthiest and most powerful individuals. Mostly they are disconnected from any interest or idea of the public good other than the selfishness of their own self-interest. Number six, religious extremists. Trump has surrounded himself with a group of loony, corrupt, hateful, sacrilegious charlatans that make a mockery of decency and goodness with every public utterance. Enough said. And finally, number seven, sheep. None of what is happening could happen without the silent complicity of a legion of men and women who lack the conviction, guts, and integrity to stand up against Trump's tweets <laughs> and thousands of his indecent, corrupt, cruel, and incompetent acts. These men and women are no different than all of their predecessors who found collaboration with what they knew to be immoral or evil is more convenient, frankly, than resisting it. They are weaklings. They are appeasers. They are fools. They are naive. They are the blind for whom what is obvious and true is far less preferable to delusion. In order to win against these people, we must understand, one, why are we fighting? Two, who are we fighting? And we must be clear-eyed. The stakes are too high. Oh, that's Steve Schmidt blowing off steam, which he does uh, with regularity, but I think with a great deal of uh, truth. 
And just to get a little closer here to understand how corrupted by all of this your state government is, okay? Because, um, you know, somehow Washington feels often so far away. Harrisburg is uh, much less far away. And the reality is that every single Republican congressman save one from this state has joined the Sedition Caucus. Every single one of them. Incredible. I mean, just incredible. We certainly know them well around these parts, right? Reschenthaler, Mike Kelly. Unbelievable. And they, even though they represent this state, are going to rise on Wednesday. and argue that this state's votes were corrupted and should not be certified. Now, what's obviously strange about this is that these same men, and I believe they're all white men, these same men were reelected in that same election on November 3rd here. Somehow, I don't believe they're arguing that the votes that were cast for them <clears throat> were tainted or fraudulent. Apparently, only votes. <laughs> only votes for Joe Biden somehow were affected by this fraud that they cannot show any evidence of. None. Zero. They've tried. How many court cases? Everyone lost, right? I do appreciate this. There is a Republican congressman, and I'm not sure where he's from. His name is, strange name, Chip Roy. And he has put out a statement saying exactly what I just said. He says, I object to the seating of my colleagues from uh, the delegations from uh, Pennsylvania Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, and Wisconsin. Those are the ones, those are the states that they're saying had fraudulent votes. <laughs> of course, the states that Biden won. And he's saying, I don't make this objection lightly, take no pleasure in it. But he goes on to say that 
if these allegations that my colleagues, Republican colleagues, are, are true, then they raise significant doubts about the elections of uh, the, many of the members of the House of Representatives that, if not formally addressed, could uh, cast a dark cloud of suspicion over the validity of uh, this body for the duration of the Congress. After all, these representatives were elected through the very same system, with the same ballot procedures, with the same signature validations, with the same broadly applied decisions of executive and judicial branch officials as were the electors chosen for the president under the laws of those states. And while the legislatures of those states have sent us no formal indications that the results of these elections should not be honored, it would confound basic human reason if the presidential results were to face objection, while the congressional results of the same process escaped without public scrutiny. Okay, so he, this is a guy, he's a Republican, I can't believe it, and he gets the unbelievable, cynical absurdity of what these Republicans are doing, knowingly doing to hell with American democracy, to hell with your vote, Unbelievable. I have a call or someone sent to interrupt me happily. Hello. Hello, Lynn. It's Dave from Washington. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, don't be. I was working myself up into a, you know, a high pressure situation. Let me get them out. I get that way. Um, I've been saying for decades, perhaps you may remember me somewhere in the way in the back of your mind saying Democrats are stupid and incompetent, but the Republicans are sick and dangerous. Yeah. I, I never thought they were this sick and dangerous though. No, no. I mean, How I always, could we? Yeah. It's so evil. And it isn't really Trump and those guys that get me. It's the people who support them. And there are millions of them. 70 yeah. million or whatever the hell that is. Mm-hmm. Um, did you hear that uh, Trump is going to give uh, Devin Nunes and Jim Jordan the presidential <laughs> medal of freedom? Oh, God. You know what? I think that people who have had gotten it in the past should send it back in. Yeah. Yeah. Just like when John Lennon got his little thing yeah. and uh, all the British people sent all their back. There's back. Yeah. Um, send it, yeah. Send them back. Send them back. They are, um, he has tainted, I mean, yeah. who's he giving? Rush Limbaugh, Rush Limbaugh and these two, I mean, pe- seditionists. Yeah. So, <laughs> Jesus, God. I'm glad <laughs> you're getting old. Um, tune in, turn on, drop out. That's why I see it. Nothing's going to change my world. Um, I'm just, you know, it's not up to me anymore. I, I do my best. But yeah. there's uh, somebody said um, in any given situation, there's always going to be a lot more stupid people than smart people. And never underestimate the power of smart people or stupid people in groups. Um, they cause immeasurable <laughs> damage. And I think that's what's happening in our country today. It's so awful to see. It is just so frigging awful. Yeah. 
Thank you, Dave. You're welcome. Uh, Thank you. Hi. I don't know if you, if you guys saw this. This sort of passed under the radar, but of course a lot of things do these days. Apparently, the Secret Service uh, is uh, quietly making some staff changes in the presidential detail that will guard Biden. There are, you know, different levels of Secret Service. And the biggest job you can have is obviously guarding the president. And apparently, there has been some concern that some of the current members of the presidential detail are politically aligned with Donald Trump. And consequently, uh, might not be fully trusted to guard the man who beat him. That's chilling. That's chilling. I'm glad, though, that they're on it. Uh Another strange thing I came across today, um, and this is uh, the airport near Trump's uh, resort in Scotland is uh, a place called Prestwick Airport. It's found itself in the news a few times in the last four years because of, you know, strange Strange, uh, I think it was some military flights ending up there where the people on the flights were put up at Trump's uh, uh, place there, uh, meaning money in his pocket when it made no sense for them to be landing there. You'll recall just more grifting, 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 grifting. So, um, but what is happening there now is that Presswick Airport has been um, told to prepare for the arrival of a U.S. military Boeing 757 on January 19th. Now, January 19 is obviously one day before the inauguration of Joe Biden. And um, it is it is normal that uh, before a president flies, an airport is given plenty of of notice to make whatever preparations have to be made. The um, this is a plane usually used by the first lady, uh, sometimes the vice president, but he would not have access to Air Force One on that date. Um, so there is a sense that. I don't know, Donald Trump, if, in fact, on the day before the inauguration, he takes off, leaves the country, and ends up in uh, Scotland, you won't be surprised. 
We'll see. Okay, let's get to your emails here. Uh, Susan writes, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't the Kennedy family hand out annual awards for people in pro? Yeah, through uh, Harvard, I believe. If so, there will be an overwhelming amount of people nominated this year. Well, I think a lot of them will be Republicans, <laughs> like the Secretary of State of Georgia. Isn't that something? Yeah, but you know who would be really busy if there was a group that handed out awards for cowardice? Huh? You wouldn't know where to start. And in that regard, Ed writes, how is the country now going to protect the Raffensperger family? That is a good point. You know they are under incredible threat. And of all the people who are being threatened throughout this, I would think that guy is, uh, is probably the most at, at risk. I can't even imagine. I'm sure there already is uh, security around him and his family. I mean, the, the fact is they might have to go into hiding. Isn't that something? Because our fascistic autocrat in the White House, using his thugs and his propaganda, have created this truly dangerous situation. It's how he keeps people in line. It's why there are so many people evidencing themselves to be cowards, because they can't stand up to that level of real, real threat. You know, and if you listen, I listened to just a bit because I, I couldn't take it, of, of the call from Trump to Raffensperger. Um, Raffensperger is so measured and quiet in his words, so firm, you know, uh, with his, his just unequivocal statements of, uh, well, Mr. President, uh, after Trump has thrown all this crap at him, uh, the challenge that you have is that the data you have is wrong. We stand by our numbers. We believe our numbers are correct. And now we know how many people would succumb immediately. The entire Pennsylvania congressional delegation save, I'm sorry, I can't think of the one guy in the um, Eastern PA Republican who refused to join this cabal of traitors. Oh. Um, Roger writes, your difficulty 
accepting how awful people and especially these Republican leaders is something that has deeply affected me too since November of 2016. Friends, family, neighbors, coworkers, GOP leadership still supporting this monster at the risk of our democracy has put me in a depression that I cannot seem to pull myself out of. Yeah. Well, you're not alone in it, if that's any help. Just when I think truth will unite us, I'm disappointed at how at every turn that 74 million plus people just keep using fake news, alternate facts, QAnon, Antifa, as the foundation of their continued support. What kind of future will our young people have? Can't Georgia bring charges against Trump on a state level for election interference um, on January 20 when he ceases to be the president? Yeah, I believe they could. Um, he has violated their law. He's also violated uh, federal law, election law. Maybe that's why he's going to Scotland. Since the Brits didn't extradite Assange, maybe they think they won't extradite Trump, although I think they would in a minute. I want this jerk mired in lawsuits and criminal charges in New York and Georgia for the rest of his life. Well, I think he will be. I mean, it's a life uh, of crime, and uh, I think he will be. But I don't think he'll ever pay for the real crimes of how he's hurt the democracy. They can't get him on that. They had a shot at impeachment, but he had his seditionists in control in uh, the Senate. So I, I, I just, nah, I don't know. Uh, there are, again, I want to point out, there are Republicans standing up. But boy, I, I just think really pretty late to the game. You know, you got Mitt Romney uh, asking, has ambition so eclipsed principle? You know, rather than ask the ask it in a question form, <laughs> which is so weak. It's like, it's like, why can't Romney say these people are unprincipled? Because that's what he means, but he won't say it. And then you got the former House Speaker, Paul Ryan, saying that this strikes what they're going to do on Wednesday strikes at the foundation of our Republic. He says, I can't think of a more anti-democratic and anti-conservative act than a federal intervention to overturn the results of a state certified election. Yeah. 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 Well, You know, the other thing that is just so breathtaking about Trump and what he's done to us is how out in the open it all is. And I think it's it, because he operates with just this, you know, uh, shaking down people right in front of our eyes, threatening people in front of our eyes, 
refusing to uh, denounce Proud Boys or white nationalists right in front of our eyes, um, lying to us, you know, constantly, 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 absurd lies right in front of us. The fact that he has that ability, that ability to, I mean, he has no conscience, obviously, none, that he can do that. I think that that has had great damage because most of us do not operate like that. The vast majority of human beings, good and bad, don't operate like that. When most human beings do something illegal or bad, they try to hide it, right? <laughs> they do it in the shadows. They whisper it. They they don't shout it out loud and then repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. And I think because he does that, there are, because it is so against human, most people's nature, that I think a lot of people misread it as he's got to be telling the truth. No one would lie and, and, and do criminal acts so blatantly with cameras running. No one would do that. And whether they're even thinking that, the people who are falling for it, it's just in their nature that that's not how human beings, normal human beings operate. And so if he's saying it, he must be, wow, courageous and having the courage and the balls to like just flat out say something that no one else has the nerve to do. I don't know. I'm no psychologist. I don't know. But I do know that he is not a normal human being. And that he confounds those of us who have been forced to witness his actions over the last four years. And the constant lying and criminality have really numbed us. It does. The repetition numbs you. You end up being exhausted. You give up. And I believe Hitler and his crowd knew that too. In fact, I mean, there are quotes where they say, if you're going to tell a lie, you tell a big one. Because people are more willing to believe a big lie than a little one. An audacious lie, especially if you repeat it and you repeat it and you repeat it. And so we have to understand that there are over 80 million probably Americans who have wittingly and or unwittingly fallen for this craziness, 
because they have no other way of processing it than that he must be this incredibly strong man, a true leader. And also, they like the fact that he doesn't like the people they don't like, those other people, immigrants, black people, you know, those people, marginalized people, um, non-Christians. You know, and again, on Twitter, where you see more than you want to see, um, this uh, pal of the president's, this attorney, Lynn Wood, who has been out there whipping up the propaganda and um, and the potential violence, he put out a tweet today at two in the morning. I don't think these people sleep. They're like vampires, right? Or maybe they're so evil that, you know, they cannot sleep. I don't know. You want to hear this tweet? This is the guy who's pals with Donald Trump and trying to help him now. And also is a respected attorney who's had a lot of major cases. I mean, actually, before all this, people would say, well, if you got a case like that, I think you'd want to go to Lynn Wood. I kid you not. Okay, here's what he tweeted. You ready? I believe Chief Justice John Roberts and a multitude of powerful individuals worldwide are being blackmailed in a horrendous scheme involving rape and murder of children captured on videotape. I have the key to the files containing the videos. Do you believe that? So, uh, yeah. So I guess these guys have, it's pure QAnon. Now they've decided that uh, John Roberts, the Chief Justice and uh, um, others will join who? Um, the Dalai Lama, Tom Hanks, and all these other people who are raping and murdering children and drinking their blood. And people believe it. An extraordinary percentage of people identified as Republicans believe it because they've lost their damn minds. God almighty. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, oh, here, I, I want to find the name of the one congressional Republican here who didn't join this group of uh, seditionists. Um, uh, because all of the others... Um, Brian Fitzpatrick, he's a Republican representing Buck, 
Berks County, the first congressional district here, is the only one of the eight Republican congressmen in this state that did not agree to be part of this seditionist effort to deprive their own constituents of their votes, all the while already having taken their oaths of office from the same election. Um, the, the extraordinary cynicism and gall and I mean, I want to punch every one of them. How dare you play me in a, in a way that is so, I mean, so baldly outrageously untrue and only self-interested because of your cowardice. They actually all took their oaths of office again the other day, right? Didn't they? They stood up and they again said that they would uphold the Constitution of the United States. And then they turned right around and got together in their little cabal and plotted how to do the exact opposite, to undermine it. Wow. Again, it's this kind of thing that just makes me and so many others like Roger, you know, just fall into uh, depression. What are we to do? And the other thing I just wanted to point out is we, um, so I guess today is a day that uh, the state lifts it, the restrictions it put in place a few weeks ago. So restaurants can open and uh, back to, are we out of our minds? Are we? Is anything better today than it was when they instituted those things? There's a more lethal, not lethal, more, uh, you know, spreadable variant of this, uh, of COVID out there now. Our numbers are still sky high. And we're going to open up again. It's insanity. Insanity. I want to note the passing of former Governor Dick Thornburg who was a Republican from another era when Republicans could be honorable, moderate. He was a very successful governor, got us through Three Mile Island, served as Attorney General of the United States, instrumental in getting the Americans with Disabilities Act through He uh, 
is a good man, Dick Thornburg. And just one last thing I'll leave you with, and that's a reminder that if you are a, a fan of really great music, that uh, Roger Humphreys, who is a legend in these parts, uh, extraordinary drummer, um, playing with Ray Charles, Lionel Hampton, Dizzy Gillespie, yadda, 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 is going to be playing for you at the August Wilson uh, African-American Cultural Center um, this Thursday. And this is live. He's live along with his, uh, his group. This will be live in the studio, and uh, you will be in the front row virtually in your own wonderful, warm, uh, comfortable uh, home if you first uh, get yourself a ticket. And you do that by going to the website, okay, of the August Wilson Center. And they're going to be doing these what are called AW studio sessions uh, through, through, uh, through, I believe, April on the first Thursday of, of the month. So this is this Thursday, January 7th at 8 p.m. And if, yeah, if you want to, you know, take a break from some of the garbage we're all watching and stuff and just treat yourself to some really, really good live music, uh, do it that way through the uh, August Wilson Center, okay? And I think that's it for moi at the moment. Um, and uh, please, uh, I don't know, please what? Please be safe, please. And just because the restaurants aren't open, are open, don't go, okay? Hunker down till we got this thing under more control. Damn, damn, damn. Okay, I think that's it. Susan tomorrow, goodbye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.